Good afternoon, and welcome to a very special live stream coming from Southwest Church in Springboro, Ohio. Even though it is the beginning of Easter weekend, uh, we feel there is some spiritual uh, benefit to observing what is called Good Friday. Uh, for those who know the story, we celebrate Easter this coming Sunday, and that is the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, we thought it could be a blessing to you sitting at home to rewind the clock a little bit and kind of get a larger view of the entire story. We feel in order to really take in the full impact of the resurrection of Jesus on that Sunday morning, we got to take it back a couple of days to a time when it seemed like all hope was lost. So with that, we're going to have a small, short, brief, but meaningful devotional going to be some reading of scripture, some musical worship, and some timely, helpful uh, scriptural words of truth. So enjoy and sit back and just take in what we're going to go through over the next uh, 30 or so minutes. But first, if you'll uh, join me in a very brief prayer, bow your heads. Father, we want to invite you into this time, not just in a building, but all those who are tuning in and who will tune in after the fact. Uh, we want to be followers who uh, know how to celebrate, know the full weight of what your Son came to do for us. And even though we uh, recognize and celebrate this every year, we pray that the wonder, the awe, the uh, great thanks does not wear off ever, that we could have a renewed sense of hope and faith each time we get to celebrate. So be with us uh, through your words, uh, your music, and your teaching uh, over the next several minutes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll begin by reading from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 27. Listen up. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand, then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head 
again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Great song, powerful words. And I hope as Andrew, Tammy, and Nathan read this chapter recorded in Matthew chapter 27, that you were able to picture the scene that occurred on a Friday afternoon almost 2,000 years ago. I want to ask you as you rethink what was just read, can you picture this entire process beginning early in the morning? Can you picture Jesus standing in front of the Roman governor Pilate while the crowd was shouting, crucify him, crucify him? Can you picture Jesus being mocked, spit upon, and struck on the head by Roman soldiers as he was wearing a, a crown of thorns and a, and a scarlet robe? Can you picture Jesus hanging on the cross for six hours in torment and seeing him gasp for air and then eventually crying out with a loud voice and giving up his human spirit? Can you see the Roman satyrian exclaim, surely he was the Son of God? And by faith, can you make that same bold confession? I think for anyone who would have been present on that Friday, they would have probably used a lot of words to describe the events that unfolded, but I doubt that they would have used the word good, because it would have been tough to watch. And yet, all these years later, we call this day set aside to remember this historic event, and we call this Good Friday. And so I want to ask the question today, 
Why do we call it Good Friday when it seems like it was anything but good to try to picture what was happening? Well, I want to share with you today it was good because of what Jesus accomplished through dying on the cross. It would eventually lead to the very best day, the day of His resurrection, the day that we're going to celebrate this Sunday on Easter Sunday. And we hope you'll come back and and share that time with us as we celebrate all the power and the meaning and the hope that comes from the resurrection. And yet on this Good Friday, we want to live in the moment and experience what it would have been like and to allow our hearts to be filled with the meaning and the significance of Jesus dying on the cross for us. I want to go back and read a section that was actually skipped uh, during the reading. It's Matthew 27, verses 38 through 43. And I believe in this section we can get some insights into why this truly is Good Friday and why Jesus dying on the cross is truly a good thing for us. In verse 38, we're told two rebels were crucified with Him one on the right and one on his left. These two crucified with Jesus were called thieves, robbers, bandits, revolutionaries, or as we read in this NIV translation, rebels. I like that reading, that description of these two that were crucified with Jesus. I think because I can relate to that, because as I think of my own life, I realize that I have rebelled against God in the past. There's been times in my life where I rebelled from God's way and was trying to do it my way. In fact, the Bible says that that's a human condition for all people. So I think it's very fitting that these two rebels were there present for us to put ourselves in the story. Well, as we keep reading, Let's read in verses 39 through 42. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself. Come down from the cross if you're the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let's think for a moment about this. We're told earlier in Matthew's Gospel that Jesus had the power and had it within Him to call 1,000, thousands, not just 1,000, but legions, which would have been several thousand, thousands of angels to protect Him and save Him from this moment. But He chose not to use this power. Why? Because He willingly chose to lay His life, His body, down as a sacrifice for our sin, for our rebellion against God, so that we could be forgiven and so that we could be brought back to God. You see, Jesus had the power available to Him, but He could have saved Himself from this. But He chose not to. He chose instead 
to endure this death on the cross, and He did it because He loved us. Now, that is a great love. That is a good, good love. As you think about the nails that were driven through Jesus' hands and His feet, and as I hold up this this rough nail that I have, I I picture the nails that were used to crucify Jesus would have been even rougher, probably bigger, sharper. And yet I think it's as, as excruciating as that would be, I can't even imagine. I think it's important for us to understand that it was not the nails that kept Jesus on the cross because he had the power available to him to take himself down. But it was his love that kept himself on the cross. His love for you. His love for me. You see, that's an amazing, great, good love. Now we plan on explaining in more depth this weekend in our Easter service why that was necessary, why that was so important for Jesus to go to the cross. And so I want to encourage you to come back. We're going to talk about that more. But let's look at another aspect of what we can learn from Jesus as He died on the cross. As we keep reading, we see that Jesus was also taunted in this way, picking up the reading in verse 42. He's the King of Israel. Let Him come down from the cross and we will believe in Him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue Him now if He wants Him. For He said, I am the Son of God. Here we see Jesus demonstrate a greater trust in the Father than the crowd could have ever imagined. How ironic that the crowd was taunting Him to trust God to rescue Him. And yet, Jesus is willing to endure all of the excruciating pain, all the taunts, and even death, because Jesus trusted that the Father would rescue him from death. Now, that's trust. That's ultimate trust. You see, Jesus not only died to pay a debt that we could not pay, for our sin and for our rebellion, but He also lived in such a way to be an example for us. And here in His death, Jesus demonstrates the ultimate trust. He trusted that the Father would rescue Him from death. He would rescue Him after death. And without the death on Good Friday, there would not be the resurrected life on Easter Sunday. Now, that's good news, and that's why we can say this is good that Jesus died because He trusted the Father would raise Him from the dead. I'm not sure what you're facing personally on this Good Friday, but I know as a culture and as a country, we're facing a challenging time, unlike any time that I've experienced in my life. And yet on this Good Friday, I want to declare to you by the power of God and through what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross on that Good Friday and what was accomplished on the third day when He came back from the dead 
that there is always great hope. Because why? Because Sunday is coming. A better day is coming. No matter what you're facing now, I want to remind you, a better day is coming. We know that because of Jesus' victory over death. You see, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, the person who will trust and follow Jesus can have confidence that no matter what life brings, no matter what happens in life, no matter what we face, we can trust in a God who overcomes, a God who overcomes sin, a God who overcomes death, a God who overcame the, the pain and the excruciating uh, tragedy of the cross, and yet He overcame it through the resurrection that came on Sunday. Because of that, as we put our trust in Him, we can have confidence that we too will be able to overcome sin and death and our fear of death because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. And because of that, maybe more important than any other Good Friday in our life, we can have hope of brighter things ahead. We can have hope of better days because of the power of God. And we can have the hope of eternity because Jesus died and was raised from the dead. And because of all that, we can say what Jesus did on the cross is good. In fact, it was great. And we're going to come back on Sunday, and we're going to celebrate the resurrection. And my, my intention and my plan is we're going to celebrate like no other weekend. We might not be gathered together, but we're going to celebrate the victory that's available for each of us. And I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel you're watching right now and that you'll come back and hear the rest of the story and hear the good news that's waiting for you. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for your incredible plan. And Jesus, thank you so much for your love that enabled you to go through all that you went through on the cross. And thank you that not the nails that kept you up there, but it was your love that kept you up there. Thank you for that love. And thank you for the trust that you displayed in the Father. Help us to have that same trust that no matter what we face, because of God's power, because of your Father's power, because of the power that's available to us because of the resurrection, we too can have hope of better days ahead. Help us hear that message loud and clear this Easter weekend. And I pray, Father, for everyone that's hearing this, that they'll come back Sunday and hear the rest of the story and find out the power that's available for them. We love you. We thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. And we hope you'll come back Sunday as we look forward to talking about the resurrection of Jesus and celebrating that in a very special way. We'll see you Sunday.